Hi there, my name is Maddie Miles, integrative health practitioner, female hormone expert, and founder of Peace Love Hormones. Our mission is to educate and empower menstruators to take back control of their menstrual health through education and through top quality functional supplements. And welcome to our amazing podcast show where we will uncover why your health may be struggling and how to heal your hormones and optimize the health of your entire body naturally. Now let's get to it. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to another podcast episode for the Peace Love Hormones podcast. It's me, it's Maddie, and I'm super pumped to get into today's topic, which is all about menstrual migraines and menstrual headaches. So if you suffer from cyclical migraines or headaches, or you know someone who does, you have definitely come to the right place. So In today's episode, I'm actually chatting with Jess. She is the founder of um, these amazing hormone healthy latte blends. She's also a hormone practitioner. She has a really cool story, which I'll let her explain in the actual episode. But long story short, her mom is also another hormone practitioner, and so is her sister. And so they've um, they have their own private practice that focuses on women's uh, menstrual health, and they're just really cool ladies. They we connected um, because they really loved Soothe, my herbal supplement for just menstrual regularity, menstrual health, and for kicking PMS to the curb. They love Soothe, so they reached out to me and we got connected. I was actually on their podcast a couple months ago, and I remember Jess telling me that she suffered from migraines for a really long time, and they still like to creep in here and there just because we live in this crazy unsupportive world when it comes to our menstrual health and just in general our overall health. So they still creep in here and there, and I thought, you know, what a better person to bring on to have such an awesome, fun, candid conversation about menstrual headaches and migraines than someone who actually suffers from them and had a really, really tough time. Anyway, she'll tell her story. It's incredible. But before we get into the episode, you know, I I just want to explain why they're important and why they're so prevalent. And, you know, just also that you came to the right place because we're really going to break this all down in the episode and get into, you know, lifestyle hacks and tips and tricks and what you can do. I also have an entire blog post on this on my website. So if you're like, "Eh, I want to skip the listening, I just want to go straight to reading. Don't worry, I got you. You can head over to my website and I will have all of my tips for you when it comes to nutritional changes, lifestyle changes, supplements, especially herbs, because call me a witch or whatever you want to call me, but um, herbal medicine is real. And I love herbal medicine. Obviously, a big advocate for it, being an herbalist and having my own herbal supplement. So um, I'm actually sipping on a nice little herbal um, and mushroom adaptogenic latte right now. Of course, vegan and of course, coffee-free because I am nearing the end of my luteal phase. I'm about to have my period this coming Sunday. I cycle with the moon, which is really cool, and I hope it always stays like that. So um, this Saturday is the new moon, and I should be getting my period Um, right around then. It would be awesome if it comes right on the new moon, but usually like a day before or after is when I get it. So anyway, let's get into menstrual migraines. Over 80% of menstruators report experiencing some some sort of PMS throughout their cycle. So you are not alone and you are not doomed. And in this episode, Jess and I will teach you what menstrual migraines and headaches are, why they happen, and how to treat them naturally. So let's get into some history really quickly. So migraines for centuries were explained as a woman's problem due to depression, stress, or neurological issues. And historically, menstrual migraines and headaches have been dismissed by the Medical Institute. Big shocker. But we know that it is no joking matter, and women are three times more likely to experience them than men. And most doctors don't take us seriously for any of our hormone imbalances, but especially these ones. So what are they? Let's get into a little bit of the nerdy science that we do not get into in the episode. Again, just going to say, if you want to skip over this and you just want to start listening to the episode, you can skip ahead. If you don't want to listen at all, I have that blog post link in the show notes. But it's a really good episode, so I would definitely listen, especially if you struggle with these. So tension headaches, uh, those really happen um, around our temples and behind the eyes. And migraines, so those are headaches and then migraines, um, which are 
two of the most common PMS symptoms that we experience throughout our cycles, those can be a little bit more extreme. So it's different for everyone, but sensitivity to light and nausea, um, those definitely arise with the migraines. I guess they can too with the headaches, but it's more associated with the migraines. And some women, unfortunately, are just predisposed to migraines. And these women, um, 70% of migraineurs, we call them, experience cyclical migraines. So I'll, I'll say that one more time. Again, some women, about 70% um, of women actually are just predisposed to migraines and they experience them um, throughout their cycle as well, which we call cyclical migraines. So there can be many causes and many triggers, um, but some causes are the dramatic drop in estrogen that we experience during the second half of our cycle right after we ovulate and lowering serotonin levels in conjunction with those estrogen levels. Plummeting. So, you know, um, just to go over our cycle again, really quickly, the first half of our cycle is estrogen. Um, I was going to say dominant, but I don't want to say estrogen dominant because that's a hormone imbalance that we that we deal with in my private practice. But the first half of the cycle is really governed by estrogen, and it's super high. And this is this hormone is high to thicken our uterine lining and to nourish the embryo if pregnancy does occur. And if pregnancy doesn't happen during um, the first half of our cycle, during our ovulation window, then estrogen will drop significantly, which can cause a migraine. Additionally, serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter, and it's a really feel-good, happy neurotransmitter, it declines because it relies on estrogen for its production. So this also may be why you're feeling super high energy and happy during the first half of your cycle with estrogen levels being higher. Um, and also this leads to more sensitization of the menin meningeal, always a tough one for me to pronounce, <laughs> meningeal nerves, which is our nervous system nerves, and releases what's called substance P, which causes blood vessels in the brain to dilate, causing migraines. So there's some science of like, you know, what's going on. It's not, you know, like our doctors, I feel like always shun them off and say, it's just in your head or you're distressed or whatever. It's no, there's actual chemical changes going on within our bodies, within our minds, throughout our cycle. And especially if you are a migrainer and experience these cyclical migraines. So we also have a lower threshold of pain around our period, which I'm sure a lot of us experience and have already noticed. And this is because estrogen regulates pain through chemicals in the body and brain also known as endorphins. And so when estrogen is high, the brain is more efficient at releasing endorphins. Hence why, you know, when estrogen is lower in the second half of our cycle and we aren't releasing as much endorphins, um, we feel things more and pain hurts more um, because estrogen is at our lowest around our cycle, around our, excuse me, around our menstrual phase. So um, this is also, I mean, it should never be extreme. You should never be in excruciating pain. You should never have to take an Advil to cope with pain. But in general, we do have a lower pain threshold in the second half of our cycle um, and getting towards our period. And also, I say, like, we also have a lower threshold for bullshit emotionally during this part of our phase. So something to always keep in mind and to give yourself a heck of a lot of grace for. Um, and then also, you know, other than just all of these natural hormone shifts that are going on, hormonal birth control actually and post-birth control syndrome specifically um, can really, really funk with, of course, our hormone levels and also with our micronutrient levels, both of which impact our our body's ability to regulate our hormones, to regulate our menstrual cycle. And we've experienced a lot of PMS, of course, when you know our hormones are out of balance. So you know, triggers aside from like the estrogen and the serotonin and everything that I just explained. Also histamines, um, because histamines are tied to reproductive function, not just immunity, but also hormones and, and neurological functions, um, which are very active also around ovulation in your menstrual cycle. So if you realize that you can't tolerate the high histamine foods around ovulation in your menstrual cycle, um, you know, that's just, that's, that's okay. That may be your normal. And there are things that you can definitely do. I don't want to make this podcast episode about histamines, um, but there are definitely things that you can do to help with histamine tolerance. 
And, um, you know, histamine is also tied to estrogen production, which causes mast cells to release more histamine. And estrogen reduces DAO, which is an enzyme that clears histamine. So this triggers the ovaries to produce more estrogen and can be quite a vicious cycle for headaches and migraines. So, you know, some triggers may be those high histamine foods, and it could be as simple as removing a lot of those high histamine foods when you are starting to experience those menstrual headaches and migraines. Um, to, you know, prevent those from happening. Also, caffeine, sugar, lack of sleep, lack of water, all of these are triggers. So you can't really just blame your genes and say, oh, I'm a migrainer. I'm just going to get these. Um, There are things that we can do within our life and changes within our lifestyle and our nutrition and adding in herbs and great supplements that will make it so we have a really seamless, amazing period and menstrual cycle. Again, we're going to get into all these in the episodes. Um, We're also going to get into, you know, toxin exposure and our detox capabilities, as well as our gut health and how all of these impact our menstrual headaches and migraines. And also just even having a lot of tension in your neck and shoulders, which most most of us do because we're on laptops, we're on phones, all of this stuff. I mean, travel, fatigue, there are so many things. And we're going to get into all of this. Oops, hopefully no one can hear the <laughs> they're taking out the trash outside of my outside of my home right now. It's a little loud, but we are going to get into this episode. It's incredible. I hope you all love it so much. Holy guacamole for everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> we have just spent Jess and I have just spent the last 36 minutes trying to figure out how to record this. We've hopped on three <laughs> different platforms. We've tried different microphones, unplugging things, replugging things back in, and we are finally here. Hi Jess. Hey, Maddie, life of podcasters. (laughs) But you know Um, what? We figured it out by ourselves. So that's a proud moment. You know, we excel. We we can't be geniuses at everything. Okay, people like we excel in many other things such as women's health and hormones, which we are going to get into today. But podcasting and technology is not my strong suit. That's for sure. Me neither. (laughs) But we are here, we are here, and we are talking about menstrual and hormone-related migraines and headaches because so many of us suffer from them, and they do fall under the category of PMS, which PMS is such like a general term. There are over 160 symptoms associated with PMS, so it's like, you know, there's so many different symptoms, um, and about 15% of menstruators report those PMS symptoms being so extreme that like it's hard for them to even get up out of bed in the morning. So Jess and I are super passionate about this. Jess, I would love for you to explain who you are. Um, I did just give a, an intro to like what, you know, the, the history behind menstrual migraines and headaches and, um, you know, really what they are, kind of breaking down like the science and nerdiness. And I gave everyone the, you know, warning to skip through this if that's not your jam and you just want to get into, you know, the triggers and lifestyle tips. But before we get into those, Jess, just give us a quick overview of who you are because you're amazing and I only bring people on here who I love and have connected with. Um, And so give a little overview of who you are. I just drank one of your lattes. So make sure that you mention your amazing latte blends as well. Yay. Which one did you have? I had the beach um, cacao, but you call it something else, right? Oh, the, the rose and shine. Rose and shine. The rose and shine. It's pink, which is very fitting for the peaceful hormones. I think you can kind of see like the oh, the yeah. remnants of like the foam, Little which rose, is pink. Rose gold. Yeah. Rose well, gold. I'm so happy you're loving it. And yeah, I'll tell everyone about them too. But my name is Jess and I'm so excited to be here with you. Uh, Maddie was also a guest on my podcast, the Solo 2.0 podcast. So you will all have to listen to her on that because I loved hearing your story and I think it's so relatable. And so, yeah, I'm a holistic health coach. I focus a lot on hormones and I work in partnership with my family business, which is called your hormone balance and we're a hormone testing and consulting company with all natural solutions to hormone rebalance. And I am our in-house holistic health coach. So I really work with a lot of our clients who have tested their hormones. You know, they have their results. They have um, some guidance as far as specific herbal supplements, lifestyle and 
dietary changes that they can make to support their unique levels, which is really important. It's not just, you know, a one size fits all approach at all. And, but even with that guidance, I think it's very normal for people to feel a little bit overwhelmed with where to start. And so even from five years ago, when I first started coaching and I wasn't focused on hormones, my approach has always been to break things down into really tangible tips and to make it fun and to make it exciting and to get people looking forward to the changes that they're making and make it really approachable and fit within their busy routine or, you know, if they have kids, whatever it is. So, um, that's really my approach is just, this is really exciting. You've decided to prioritize yourself. You're getting to the root of some of these imbalances. And now here are all the things that you get to welcome into your life. It's really about abundance to me versus deprivation or, you know, what people have to give up because I think diet culture, um, and some of even the, you know, the wellness world is focused on, okay, don't eat this. Don't do this. Don't do that. And you shouldn't do this. You should do that. And it becomes very daunting to make these changes because you feel like you just have to give up the things you love. And so I come at it from a different perspective where it's about bringing in more of the things that are going to support you. And then naturally, some of the things that aren't serving and supporting the way you want to feel will fall away. And, you know, there's definitely things that maybe you want to cut out for a time or altogether, but that is really going to be based on tuning into your body and, you know, what your levels are doing and understanding deeply um, why, you know, this thing may or may not be supportive for you at this phase in your life. So I think if you have that powerful why for why you're going to make a change, it's so much easier and empowering to actually make it. So a hundred percent. Yes. And, you know, making things tangible, like easy for people to understand is super crucial as well. I have to remind myself all the time. I'm like, you know, this may be what I live and breathe on a daily basis, but for the average person, it's not. So making sure that you're explaining it. Um, I think, you know, tailoring to both the people who do want that, like that science, you know, like those, those big hard words and, you know, really understanding like what is going on in the body at like a deep root level. Yeah. And then there are the people who are like, I'm experiencing whatever it may be in today's case, menstrual migraines and headaches. Just tell me what I can do. What is tangible? What can I start doing today? I don't need a whole anatomy and physiology class. I just want to know how to feel better. And so, you know, it's definitely making sure that we can service both of those people and everyone in between. Um, so that's massive. Okay. Well, let's get into, you have a, an interesting history with menstrual migraines and headaches. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I actually, it was never a major struggle of mine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, it's not like I've never had one in my life, but definitely was not a big issue for me, um, coming off hormonal birth control a little bit. However, again, not something that I experienced chronically, which is why I wanted you to come on because I can talk a lot about them. I, I know how to address them, but to get that, you know, that perspective from someone who's actually gone through it, I think is super valuable. Yeah, no, definitely. And they, migraines are, three times more common in women than men. And so much of that has to do with our menstrual cycles. And actually I think it's one in every four households will have a migraine sufferer. And it's really, it's really challenging because it is actually, and a lot of people don't know this, it's a neurological disease and it doesn't have cure. And so, and it's, an invisible disease. So people see you and from the outside, you can look really put together. You can look fine. Um, but people don't understand like how debilitating they are and just how much they can completely interfere with your life and your plans. And so with me, I, I don't remember when I got my first migraine. I've talked to my mom about it to see if I had them when I was a kid or in middle school. And she said, she doesn't really remember me having migraines. I would sometimes get headaches, but I remember I got my first migraine when I was a freshman in college and it was on the day I had to move out of the dorms and it was so bad. And for anyone who doesn't know about migraines, it's not just a normal headache. You know, I know Maddie um, probably described this in the intro, so I won't go too far into it. But for me, it's like, I can't be in any kind of light. I have to be in a dark room. Um, sound is a huge trigger. So I just remember waking up and like 
even the smallest crack of light was just excruciatingly painful. And like even talking to someone on the phone, I was really nauseous. And I just remember calling my dad crying, like, I don't know what to do. What is this? And I had my boyfriend at the time walk me to the health center because we didn't have cars, um, which was a pretty far walk. And we literally had to like shield me with like sunglasses and a hat. And that was my first experience being put on really harsh migraine medication to where like I had to sleep at the health center for like an hour because they're like, you're going to feel like completely out of it. And I had to lay in a dark room until, you know, I was safe to go home. And then flash forward to quite a few years later, I really didn't have migraines. Um, but quite a few years later, when I was working in PR and marketing, I was about 28, 29. And I got this like, horrible migraine in the middle of a meeting and it just came on so with a vengeance and I was like I'm so sorry you guys I don't know what's going on I, I gotta go home and so I drove myself to urgent care because I didn't know what else to do I felt like I was dying I could barely see when I was driving it was not safe for me to be driving um and they didn't really have anything to say or do. They tried to give me Vicodin. And, oh, typical. Oh, yeah, totally. So I drove home, and that was the start of this cycle of migraines. And I started to have them for the next at least six months straight. And it was for the next year that I was suffering with them. And it was so bad. I had to take some time off work. And I, I'm sure a lot of you that can relate that are in career jobs that are um, intense like marketing and PR social media, it never turns off and there's a million deadlines and you have to be up super early and it's very stressful. And so to cope with that stress, I would drink bottomless mimosas on the weekends and I would eat fourth meal and go out drinking. And I would, I was not taking care of my body. So I was trying to eat very low calorie foods. I was drinking a lot of coffee. Um, and so I went to multiple doctor's offices. I was in and out of doctor's offices, just begging with them, pleading with them to help me. I need to get back to my job. I don't want to get fired. So I went through everything from Vicodin to Imitrix to Relpex, which are all really harsh migraine medications. And what's funny is my mom has always been a health educator. I was raised with her taking out her naturopathic books and like herbs and putting tinctures in our mouth and never taking us to a doctor for a prescription. But I didn't even really tell her what I was going through because I didn't want, I wanted the quick fix. By the way, that will be me as a mother. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I can already see it. That'll be me as well. Yeah. Mad yeah. respect for your mama. It was really sweet. And she was always just trying to get to the root naturally. And so, but in my mind, I'm like, I have this crazy intense job. I just need to get back to it. I don't want to channel my mom right now. I just need help. And what ended up happening, and we can go into this when we talk about the triggers, but what ended up happening, and I didn't even know this was a thing, was that it created rebound migraine. Mm -hmm. So the medication would wear off. I would feel okay. I'd be able to like get back to some sense of normalcy, but not even really because I felt so out of it. So yeah, it might take away the migraine, but I would just be like in this cloud. And so I'd get back to work and all of a sudden, two days later, the migraine medication would wear off and the rebound or the withdrawal of it would cause another migraine. And so this is what the pharmaceutical industry does. They get you hooked on these drugs and they, it becomes this cycle and you become dependent and you feel like if you don't have the drug, you won't be able to work, you know? And so mm -hmm. I, after a time of suffering and just realizing I'm not getting better, it just keeps coming back. And I decided to take matters into my own hands and finally ch channel my mom and what she had taught us. And I reached out to her and I basically, I found this book, which I don't necessarily want to recommend it to everyone only because there's things about it that I don't agree with. Um, but it of really course, did naturally. help me. Yeah. Yeah. It really did help me. It was called the heal your headache, the one, two, three step program. And it's a lim elimination diet, but I don't like to call it a diet. I like to call it an elimination therapy because it's for mm -hmm. a period of time. And it wasn't me going on a diet to lose weight. It was me going on a diet to figure out if there's any nutritional triggers. So I did that. 
Yeah, which I was just going to say, because also, you know, high histamine foods and histamines and their relation to reproductive reproductive function and immunity and our hormones and our neurological function. So, you know, realizing that a lot of these, you know, air quote health foods, which, you know, I, I really use that term not so much anymore just because it's so bio-individualized what works with someone's body, you know, I mean, gosh, a great, like really, really quick side note. I'm even just looking at some gut labs on my, that I ran on myself this morning and I'm having, for whatever reason, a reaction to sulfur-based foods. And that can also be genetic, you know? So Mm -hmm. a lot of these health foods, cruciferous vegetables and all this stuff, it's causing some reaction in me because of my sulfur, um, yeah. Sensitivity. So, you know, just going back to that, but yeah, like they're the histamine foods, you know, and then also the, the caffeine and the sugar and the lack of sleep, like there's so many triggers that, you know, impact this because yes, there definitely are people who are predisposed to migraines for sure. We have our genes. However, you know, how we express those genes is due to our lifestyle. And so going through, and I, I totally get where you're coming from of like that term diet, because I mean, it's just been totally taken and tossed around in a bowl, flushed on the toilet, thrown out the window, like all of this crazy stuff, you know, because of the diet industry. And, you know, there's like this great post on Instagram that I saw yesterday that like, I mean, sort of similar, but it was like eating, you know, whole nourishing foods has almost become like, you know, just because it's like healthy, it's that's now been labeled as like, you know, disordered eating. And, you know, like, it's just, we have so much confusion in this society for sure. So that's why I'm just like the biggest fan. And I just call it bio-individuality, you know, like if anyone gives you trouble for how you're eating, but it makes you feel good, say, sorry, this is my bio-individualized plan, you know, like you just gotta do it. You figure out your triggers and yeah, not, not label it as, a diet or just cause again, like the diet industry has totally taken that. And, you know, most people associate it with like Splenda and like low calorie things and, you know, things that are just deprivation over exercise, all of this stuff. And, you know, so if you have, like, if you're listening to this and you do have that link to it, you're like, whenever I hear diet, that's what I think of. Don't label it as that you know, whatever you need to call it, your, your healing plan or, you know, what makes you feel good, whatever it can, you know, whatever it is. Um, just figuring that out because just because you're predisposed to whatever it is, migraines in this, for this episode's purpose, you know, just, that doesn't mean you have to experience them all the time. There are lifestyle shifts that you can make that you're not like just, you know, hung up in bed for multiple days of your cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, the way to the way that I had to look at it was this is for a period of time, you know, that I have to eliminate these foods and I get to connect better with my body. And it's so worth it to me at that point. Like I would have done anything to find relief that was going to last long term. And so, you know, if that meant not eating avocados for a while, that's fine. Even though, you know, because the whole list of foods was, a lot of contained a lot of healthy foods like avocados, nuts, bananas, citrus fruits. I mean, it was pretty extensive and it's great because there's cookbooks out there and stuff like that, that really supported me. And I was able to find things that I loved, but a lot of times when you do these eliminations and you start to add the foods back in, you realize that there's only a few things that are triggers for you. So for me, that was red wine, champagne, which is like very common. Red wine is huge histamine, uh, as well, high in histamines. Um, and then it was coffee, which I can talk about cause that one is a little bit confusing for people. And also, um, cheese, like aged cheeses, I don't do too great with, and those are higher in histamines and then dairy and sugar. So those were my main ones. And it's not to say I can't or I don't ever eat dairy or have a little bit of sugar. I do. Uh, it's more about keeping my threshold low. And that's definitely something that I want to talk about is the migraine threshold. I think it's so important. Um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just about foods. It was, and maybe we'll go into all the triggers, but it was eliminating stress. You know, it was certain herbs and supplements. And honestly, what I ended up doing was I quit my job because I realized that it was, the most stressful element in my life that was a huge trigger for these migraines and in learning how to heal myself holistically, 
I decided I wanted to become, wanted to become a health coach and help other people. So I ended up signing up for the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, quitting my job, and then serving tables waiting tables for a year and a half while I grew my business. Heck yeah. Power to you, girl. I love it. It was honestly like, how could I ever be upset about my migraines? Because not only did I learn my triggers and how to help heal myself and others, but I figured out my path in life. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was amazing. Hitting rock bottom, you know, causes us to, if we, you know, pick ourselves back up from hitting rock bottom, that's what leads us into, you know, where we are now. Like the only reason why I'm doing all that I'm doing now is because of everything that I struggled with for exactly half of my, you know, life for all of my young adult life. So yeah, I, you know, power to you. I totally understand. I'm sure some people are listening going like, okay, I can't just quit my job, you know? And so that's why we're going to get into these lifestyles. So what, Let's just like do a, you know, let's talk about, I have up our amazing notes right now, which will all be shared on the show notes as well. So for anyone who's like, I just want to go over and start reading this, um, I'll have show notes, but let's talk about some major triggers that, you know, if you are experiencing extreme migraines, let's cut down on these triggers as much as we can. And then let's also add in some great things. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that there's always a natural way. Um, of course, using an integrative approach, you're never just going to take like one supplement or just make one lifestyle change and then boom, it's going to be gone. Of course, I shouldn't say never because, you know, there will be those people who did make one change and then everything's great again. But so for the amazing. most part, <laughs> yeah, so, so amazing. For the most part though, it's normally an integrative approach. So let's talk about, <clears throat> you know, what type of exposures can trigger these migraines. And, and then after that, we'll get into what we can add in. Yeah. So I'm not sure in your intro, did you talk about, um, how the premenstrual week and the drop in estrogen can be a trigger? Yes. Yeah. We talk about hormones. Um, but you know, I'd love to get, get into like, you know, things that we're actually doing and encountering and consuming on a daily basis. So everything from, you know, caffeine to yeah, like food additives, um, medications, travel. Let's get into those. So like, you know, cause yeah. my goal with this podcast is always to like people get this ding, ding, ding light bulb. Oh my gosh. I've been doing so much of that lately, you know? Um, and yeah. sometimes it does seem like very like simple things like, Oh, you're drinking coffee every morning or maybe even multiple times throughout the day, but actually that's not always, you know, something that people notice and associate to their symptoms. So that's why I love to just go over all of them because who knows, maybe it's just that one, you know, light bulb moment for them. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You mentioned coffee, so let's start there and then we'll kind of go into food. So for me, like I mentioned, I drink a ton of coffee. It was, and if you're listening and you love coffee, I totally understand. I used to dream about it the night before I was going to have it in the morning because I loved it so much. I love the smell. I love the ritual. I love the taste. I love everything about it. I even loved gas station coffee, like the flavored ones. I would swing in the gas station on my way to work and grab them. I would drink the crappy coffee in the break room. And that was just kind of what kept me going in this stressful career, you know, was just pummeling my system with all this coffee. And then when I did that elimination therapy, I realized that when I added coffee back in and the reintroduction phase, it immediately caused a really bad headache and that was verging on a migraine. And so that was interesting because a lot of people like you can go on Google and look for migraine relief. And a lot of it will say coffee is helpful for migraines and that's because it restricts the blood vessels. So you get temporary relief, but it's kind of like with the medication, it sets you up for rebound. So anytime that you're not having coffee or let's say you travel and you don't have access to coffee for a few days and you start to get a headache or a migraine, that's your body withdrawing off of the coffee and creating this again, a vicious cycle where you feel like you have to have coffee in order not to have a headache or a migraine. And so that was truly one of the biggest helpers for me was completely taking out coffee. But like I said, I'm, I come from an abundance mindset. So I knew I can't just eliminate coffee altogether and not have a replacement that I enjoy just as much. So I started looking for replacements and for some people, caffeine in general can be a trigger. Uh, for me, that wasn't the case. Coffee is, is harsher on the system. And we know that it's harsher on 
harsher on the adrenals as well. And stress is a big trigger for migraines. So, uh, coffee is, is huge. So I was able to switch to matcha and I just found a way to prepare it that I really enjoyed. You know, I would make my own almond milk or I would buy an almond milk that I really loved. And I would put in like little nut pods, creamers, and I would put cinnamon on top and I would buy like fancy mugs. So I was excited to drink out of it. And I would like, I mean, my friends would joke like, okay, what matcha place are we trying out this weekend? Cause I was always looking for like new fun matcha cafes. And, uh, my husband still to this jig to this day, will say it's four o'clock. Why don't you have your matcha in your hand? Cause every day at four, um, I start to have a matcha. And so I found that swap and that really helped. And for those who don't know, matcha is really high in L-theanine and amino acid that's really calming on the mind and brain. So it gives you that calm, focused energy versus that like steep spike and crash. And so if you are a migraine sufferer, I highly recommend just removing coffee and replacing it with something else for at least a month and seeing how you feel. Now, it might be a little bit challenging at first because you may experience withdrawal headaches just from stopping the caffeine. So you have to get through that, you know, that phase. But I, I can tell you aside from it helping with my migraines, it also helped with my energy levels because I had more natural energy, not being so dependent on caffeine. It helped with my adrenals, you know, and balancing my cortisol levels. So it really was a helper in multiple ways. And now I've created to what Maddie was saying earlier, I created a line of superfood latte blends for this very reason. I wanted to create some lattes that people could make from the comfort of their home that wouldn't have coffee added. I mean, if you want to add coffee, that's your prerogative. That's up to you. But I started with the matcha because that was, you know, what helped me lean off of coffee and the matcha. And then I started, I added a cacao latte and both of those also have beetroot and rose sweetened with monk fruit, which is sugar-free pink salt and cinnamon. So really supportive for your hormones and liver detoxification. And then I added a pumpkin spice latte for the holiday season, as well as a chai. And literally all you do is you just take the powder and you add it to your favorite steamed milk and or colds, whatever, and it's done. So it has everything you need in there. So you don't have to go and add a bunch of things to it. So like the chai has coconut milk powder and it's got cinnamon and Lakanto monk fruit and, um, a little bit of rose powder. So it's really there to just bring joy and to give you a little swap and a replacement that tastes just as good that you love just as much. And that, you know, makes this easier for you. So yeah. Yes. Hey queen, if you're struggling with some monthly PMS, then it sounds like your hormones need some loving. And as you know, I am the founder of Soothe, an all-natural herbal supplement that I want to give you a special discount code on because I'm so grateful for you listening to my podcast. So use code all lowercase podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T on your purchase of Soothe. I will also link it up in the show notes so you guys can just head over there, click the link, be led to the Peace Love Hormones website, and make sure that you're using the right code to save you some moolah. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. Love you. Absolutely. Yeah. Cutting out the coffee. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm normally a really big advocate for that for sure. And the matcha tastes delicious. Most, for most people, it is about, you know, a routine, a ritual. And so just having, I love matcha. I love cacao as well. However, both are stimulating. So it goes back to bioindividuality. Like for you, you're like that actually I could do that. And it didn't cause migraines for some people. It may also for, you know, people like me, it actually, during certain phases of my cycle, can cause more anxiety um, than other mm-hmm. phases as well. So it's always just noting like what feels best for you. And we're just like everything that we're giving are suggestions that we've seen to work for both ourselves and both in practice. Um, but, you know, try what you want to and, you know, keep what works for you. And, you know, we're going to give so so many tips, you know, but I think the caffeine is a huge one. And we're going to link up your blends as well because I have them all myself and I consume them every day. I love the pumpkin spice. I put it into baked goods. They're super versatile. So we'll make sure that we link it up and everything supporting our fellow female entrepreneurs. We love it. Um, and I can give you a code too, just peace, love hormones. If they want to get 10% off too. 
Oh, that's so nice. Well, yes, we'll include that all. Um, but yeah, so the caffeine and, you know, caffeine also funks with, uh, you know, blood sugar. And so mm-hmm. that also is another trigger for migraines. And, you know, what else affects our blood sugar? It's, again, these crazy diets that are telling us to, you know, like not eat a lot of food or to skip certain meals throughout the day. Um, that, you know, funks with your blood sugar too. So, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how many people are listening to this going like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now I, I'm not very good with keeping up with consistent meals. Um, and, you know, I let my blood sugar drop super, super low because I'm, you know, just extensively fasting and that's not feeling the best for me. And I think a huge one too, um, which actually tends to be more the case for me, you know, of course there's you know, there's so many factors, right? There's the hormone imbalances. There are the nutrient deficiencies. There are, you know, toxin exposures. And, you know, again, like these triggers such as caffeine for me, most of the time when I do experience a headache, now again, a full disclosure, I've never had a migraine before, at least not to my, I mean, I've never had it to the extremity where I can't see light. Um, but I have had really intense headaches before and it's usually when I need to be adjusted actually. So whether that's like, you know, just in general neck or shoulder tension, a lot of us raising my hand over here are stuck by their computers and their phones on a daily basis. So, you know, we get a lot of, uh, of like knots and tension in our neck and in our shoulders. And that too can cause these headaches. Um, and so I really love getting like a therapeutic massage. Acupuncture has really, really helped. Like whenever I'm experiencing any type of extreme headache, I go see my lady for, um, for acupuncture. And if that only provides temporary relief and it comes back, then that's my sign. Like, Oh, I think my spine is not in alignment. I go in and get it adjusted. Boom. It's it's gone. So, you know, that's another great thing to look into for anyone who like, hasn't, um, tried any type of body work as well. And just making sure that no nerves are being pinched, um, and that everything is aligned. That's a great thing to rule out as well. Yeah. That's actually interesting that you are. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because more recently I've been very honest and open about it, but this year I had a resurgence of my, of some of my migraines and had a couple months that were really rough. And it's interesting because my life is so different than it was back then. You know, I, I know my triggers, I keep the threshold low. I work to balance my hormones and I take herbal supplements to support it. But a big part of what these recent triggers were about was, um, alignment issues starting my new lawsuit blend line. I now have a way better setup, but when I first started, I was bending over this low table for hours on end. And the next day I would have horrible back pain. And I went to see my chiropractor and my sacrum was completely out of place. He also found out that I had pretty bad TMJ, which is another trigger. So really uh, jaw tightness. So he actually did adjustments, not only on my, um, my alignment, my sacrum, but also on my jaw. And so I would get jaw adjustments. I would go get a facial where they massage my jaw acupuncture to Maddie's point has been super helpful. Um, so those were healers and helpers that I hadn't ever tried in the past. Also, I got a custom mouth guard because the dentist showed that I was grinding my teeth a lot. Um, and so those things helped a lot. And then also got my hormones retested and I was dealing with a little bit of imbalance. So I needed to increase some of the herbal supplements that I had stopped, which I shouldn't have done. Um, but I almost did it as like an experimental thing just to see, you know, and, and realizing, okay, those were actually things that I needed that were supporting me. So yeah, the alignment, the alignment conversation is, is major. Yeah. Major, major, major. And again, I think, you know, there are a lot of practitioners that, you know, they just, they have their, their specific thing that they love. And it's like one thing and they're like, this is going to be the fix when, you know, like, I, I hope this isn't, you know, overwhelming for anyone listening to all of these different things that it could be more so just like empowering and really informational of like, Oh yeah. Like, these supplements haven't been working for me or I don't drink caffeine. Like, you know, I, I, I don't drink caffeine and I do all these things. I'm still getting them. Oh, I have never been adjusted before. Or like, it's been a while and I do have really poor posture. Bingo. I think that's it. So, you know, don't, yeah, like, I don't want anyone to be stressed out by this, but more so like there are many reasons why this can be happening and, you know, try, try removing some things or adding some things in. 
And I, I want to, I'm like looking at our notes right now and, um, you know, I want to make sure that we touch on this before the podcast ends, but you know, stress reduction and how mm-hmm. important that is for literally everything. Stress precedes 90% of disease, um, disease within the body. And so, yeah, just going over stress reduction. Cause there's so many things out there. We're not taught ever, um, you know, how to, reduce stress or like why that's really important for our health. And so to talk about that and, you know, especially with all of these fitness bloggers and influencers and all of these, like, I don't know, I feel like every day here in Austin, Texas, there's some new gym popping up or some, Mm -hmm. you know, new workout to be doing. And, you know, it can be hard to, to like, just go for a walk and do like, or do a yoga flow and not push yourself every single day through a crazy intense workout. Um, and that's, you know, big part of what we do as hormone practitioners and like, Hey, we got to reduce the stress load. So yeah, let's talk about the stress reduction. Yeah. So that one is, is another major one. And I think sometimes, especially as women, we tend to put ourselves last. And I always love to refer to the quote by Michelle Obama that says, as women, we need to do a better job putting ourselves higher on our own to-do list. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. And just setting boundaries and taking back some of that time. But I know that when you have a really busy lifestyle, a really demanding job, maybe you have kids, and you're also trying to, you know, have a relationship with your partner, maybe you have animals, there's so much going on. Um, it can feel overwhelming when you hear practitioners keep telling you to reduce stress. Like, I can't tell you how many clients that I talk to that are like, I feel inadequate because I'm not doing all these self-care practices that everyone's talking about, but I literally don't have time. And so I think it's helpful to recognize that, yes, stress is emotional and physical, but also, you know, stress to Maddie's point, it can be over-exercising. It can be using toxic products in your household. It can be ingesting meat from conventional cows and dairy. And it can be under-eating, you know, yo-yo dieting. All of those things are stressors on the body. So sometimes I encourage my clients to take stock of all of those things and make little tweaks in each area. So if, you know, you look at your products and you decide to, when something is running out, like maybe your lotion, your drugstore lotion is running out, replace that with a, you know, a natural alternative. And I know Maddie has talked a lot about endocrine disorders disruptors, you know, estrogens, those chemicals can also create migraines, especially perfume was like a big one for me. So doing something little, like maybe swapping your perfume for like an essential oil combination and, um, you know, like peppermint essential oils on my temples is one of the best helpers for me. And I always have this roller ball with me. And whenever I feel my head tense up, I just always have that in my purse and I just put it on my head, on my neck, and it just immediately feels good. And that lavender and peppermint can just bring down stress levels in general. So that could be one thing. Um, another thing could be taking stock of your, your fitness and how often are you pushing yourself to workouts that you dread that maybe when you're driving to that workout, you're like, Oh my God, this is so stressful. Like, Oh, it's so hard. I don't want to do it. But like, I know I'm going to feel good afterwards and it's going to be worth it and whatever. But you know, it just, it brings you anxiety. It brings you stress or you're doing it and you feel completely depleted afterwards. Like maybe you do a boot camp class and you're just like exhausted the rest of the day. These are signs that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, we, as humans, we trend toward like when under stress from all of these things that we're naming, we trend towards certain ways. So we have the migrainers as we like to call you guys, you know, who trend towards migraines. We have the acne prone people that when they're under the stress, they don't experience migraines, they break out. Um, we have people who trend towards the, you know, being nutrient deficient and losing weight. We have people, the, you know, kappa body types that tend to gain weight under stress. So, you know, remembering that you know, stress comes in so many different forms beyond just like opening up a full email inbox, you know, um, and our body can't decipher, like, are you, you know, fighting for your life right now, that type of stress, you know, because you're running from a lion or are you stressed out because, you know, you're not eating enough. All of these are just forms of stress on the body and it's going to downregulate certain functions and upregulate certain things that we also don't want, um, in reaction to that. And so, you know, 
I know it can be so hard because I was in that position when I first got into this space. I was in high school. I was sitting there. And for me, I trend towards um, losing weight, uh, anxiety, and insomnia when I'm under stress. Those are my three major things. And so I'm sitting there in this, you know, integrative doctor's office and he starts telling me about how, what I'm eating, the supplements I'm taking and sleep, that is going to be, you know, the fix for everything. And I remember going like, you're crazy because I, up until that point, I had just prescribed medication after medication, which wasn't helping either. Um, and I remember just going like, no, no way is this gonna, you know, is this going to fix everything? And, you know, it's, it really is though making that like bio-individualized plan for you, like understanding that all of these forms of stress on the body are really impacting you. And that, you know, if we just have a really good supportive plan for us and the body is in balance, then you're not going to be experiencing any of these unfavorable symptoms. So I totally get it. If like anyone's listening right now and they're like, I just don't believe that, you know, skipping that berries workout, you know, around my period, is going to help with my migraines. You know, we're not saying like a hundred percent it will, but like it very well could, you know, if that's stressing your body out and your reaction again is to tend trend towards migraines. Um, you know, it's, it's true. Like, uh, you know, creating the supportive, you know, lifestyle plan, that is the fix. That is how you rebalance body. It's not through medication. And we already mentioned before that this medication overuse headaches, those are real, you know, it's, those aren't even the fix either. So, um, oh, I see yeah. your little dog behind you. I know. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, I you know, <laughs> a supportive, a supportive plan. And so, um, yeah, that's, you know, I feel like whenever we bring up stress within this podcast, it, you can always talk about it for so long and it just becomes this domino thing because stress comes in so many different forms and it shows itself too, you know, within your body in so many different forms. So definitely something that everyone should be, you know, you know, tracking their, their headaches and tracking their cycle as well. You know, I'm a big advocate for that, but while you're tracking your cycle track also how you feel in every way, especially if you experience migraines. Um, so then you can kind of link up like, Oh, I'm experiencing a migraine today. Also notice that today is really stressful with work, or maybe this whole week has been super stressful. Um, or maybe I'm fighting with my partner, or I decided that I was going to wake up at 5am every single morning this week and go get a crazy high intensity workout. And I'm also experiencing migraines and just knowing that, you know, tuning out all like the external noise, you know, because everyone's going to have their own two cents about like how to help you and, you know, how to get rid of your migraines and taking it with a grain of potassium and knowing mm -hmm. like, you know, they're probably right in some ways that may have helped them. And I know that they have my best intention at heart, but like, I am the one who is like, I know my body the best. I'm going to use my journal to track everything about me, my mood, my energy, the phase of my cycle that I'm in, my symptoms such as migraines and figuring out what my triggers are, knowing how to reduce those triggers and adding in some amazing things. Um, I would love to, you know, before we get in, before we end, let's like talk about some of our favorite natural remedies. You already mentioned the lavender and peppermint essential oil, which I love that as well. Um, I love, I just love herbs and I love essential mm -hmm. oils, you know, like I just had this, I was in this great call earlier this morning with this gut specialist and, you know, we were kind of talking about like probiotics and, you know, how we just have so many supplements nowadays that we didn't have back in the day and we were fine, you know, but what did we have? We had herbs and yeah. we had these like, you know, herbal natural remedies. And, um, you know, so kind of just going back to that and figuring out like, Oh, it actually does really work when like, for me, it's peppermint. Peppermint is huge. I love peppermint lavender. I use to calm me down. And before bed, I have this little spray. It's, you know, make sure that you're diluting it, you know, and there are specific, I can actually link this up like a good brand, um, our favorite brands of essential oils, because there's yes. also some toxic ones out there. <laughs> so making sure that whether, mm -hmm. no matter how you're taking your herbs, making sure that it's not toxic. Um, but you know, there's some great, great, great herbs, especially when they're hormonally induced, such as like Vitex and Bupleurum and ginger and curcumin. A lot of these things that, you know, again, if you're not sensitive to them, um, can really, really help just 
you know, modulate inflammation. It can help to reduce stress. It can help with your liver and supporting your liver and your gut, which we know is super important when it comes to just total body wellness. Um, and going back to that principle of like, hey, if your body is in balance and all of your vital organs are functioning properly, you're not going to be experiencing migraines or hormonal acne or, you know, weight loss or weight gain. Like you're just going to be, your body's just going to be chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Best way to describe it. Your body's just going to be chilling. You know, it's going to go to sleep at night without any help. It's going to wake up in the morning and it's going to feel great. Um, so yeah, like that's, I guess that's kind of, you know, my final thoughts on this all, but I'd love for you to give your final thoughts. And of course we'll refer everyone over to like the show notes as well, where we'll have all of our notes there written out. Yeah, no, I love what you said. And I, I totally agree. I think a lot of it is about going back to the basics and simplifying our life as much as we can, tuning in, um, getting really linked up with our cycle, with our circadian rhythm, um, really starting to listen to the messages that our body is sending us instead of, you know, when we get a headache or a migraine being like, oh, I'm just going to shove it down with more medication. I don't have time for this. It's like, what is this trying to tell me? Um, what, you know, what message is this trying to send? send. Let me look at my life this past week. And if you've been taking notes and writing down, you know, especially in the days where you have a migraine, those are really good days to write down, you know, your level of stress that day, what you had to eat, how hydrated you were, um, what was work like that day, what day of your period are you on? Um, you know, where are you at in your cycle? And one thing I did want to really make clear is that I've had people tell me, you know, well, coffee is not a trigger for me because I had a coffee and I didn't get a migraine or, you know, I didn't drink water all day and I I didn't get a migraine. Well, the thing with migraines is that it's a, it's a threshold. So think about it kind of like when you pack a suitcase for a trip and you get to the airport and they tell you that your bag is overweight and you have to pay like a $50 fine or you have to take stuff out of it. And it's such a bummer. You're like, Oh, I really wanted to bring that thing. Or I don't want to have to pay a hundred dollars or $50 to be able to take my suitcase. Well, so the next time you pack, hopefully you learn, okay, let me just really prioritize the things that I need for this trip and be really intentional about what I add to my suitcase so that it's, you know, at the right weight. So I don't have to pay extra or take anything out. It's kind of the same with the thresholds. If you know that stress is a trigger, that maybe coffee is a trigger, that the premenstrual week, the late luteal phase is a trigger for you. You know, that skipping meals is a trigger, that high intensity exercise, you notice your head pounding afterwards. If you've kind of honed in on these things, it's about keeping packing your bag with all of the nourishing things that are going to support you. And then maybe you add a few, maybe like if you can, you add a couple of things, like maybe a little bit of chocolate or you add a little bit of caffeine, but you know that it's okay because the majority of what you packed serves you. So you, for example, you've had a really low stress day. You're on vacation. Maybe, um, you've had a really nourishing three, really nourishing meals. You had your little matcha that makes you feel good. Um, you're communicating well, you, you know, you're keeping those other triggers low. Um, and then you have a couple pieces of chocolate, which on other days have been a trigger for you and you don't get a migraine and it's like, okay, well that's because my threshold was low. You know, my bag wasn't overpacked, but then on another day you have coffee, you get in a fight with your partner, you have a deadline, taxes are due, whatever, whatever you get in a super intense workout. And all of a sudden you get this debilitating migraine. And so it's just really important to keep in mind that it's not to say you can't have any of these things ever. It's just that sometimes Matt, but you do have to just be a little bit more intentional and intentional about how they stack up. So for me, for example, I know that if I'm having a more stressful day, I'm probably going to eliminate caffeine altogether. So not even do matcha to Maddie's point. I might just do my pumpkin spice, you know, or like if you haven't slept, like you didn't sleep the night before, Yes. like, okay, we're not going to drink caffeine and go do crazy high intensity workout. 
or have alcohol. Like I, I do drink alcohol in moderation. My husband's an amazing mixologist, but Mm -hmm. we found ways to, he makes these amazing sugar-free cocktails for me with monk fruit, um, or we'll get an organic dry rosé. But I found for me, you know, I can't do red wine ever. Like I can't do sugary cocktails ever. Yeah. And so if I do drink, I need to be drinking in a calm state of mind from a happy place, not from a place of like, I need a drink. It's been a stressful day. That's a completely different um, environment to be having that drink. And then making sure that the day, if I know I'm going to have a cocktail or two at night, that whole day, I want to really make sure that I'm eating meals that are balancing my blood sugar levels, that I'm hydrating super hard, that I have these um, herbal supplements and things that are going to support me. And, and that makes a huge difference. So, yeah. And then, um, also magnesium, I just did want to point that out. Um, if you crave a lot of chocolate before your period, that could be a signal from your body that you are low in magnesium and magnesium deficiency is a migraine trigger and magnesium is very helpful for migraine sufferers, particularly glycinate. So taking that daily, not just when you get a headache is, is very, very helpful. As well. Yes, big fan of that. And we'll link up, um, you know, the supplements and our favorite herbs and all that jazz. Magnesium is huge. You know, the number is like over 70% of Americans are deficient in it. I believe it's even more, um, yeah, it's you know. Yeah, we're super deficient in it. And yeah, so just to, you know, thank you so much, Jess, by the way, for coming on and sharing your story. And I think, you know, to get that firsthand experience um, from you is is super, super valuable. But yeah, just to go over it, you know, everyone, I know we talked about a lot in this 50 minutes and um, you know, you'll, you'll head over to the show notes and be able to see more, but you know, really it's, just come, becoming more in tune with your body, I feel like is always the theme of whatever conversation I'm having, whatever podcast I'm recording, whatever blog post I'm writing, it always comes back to like just being in tune with your body and recognizing that we're all very different. Um, you know, of course there's, you know, foundationals and, you know, that's what we're recommending here, but, you know, just being super in tune and how you can do that is by getting a journal and tracking your cycle and tracking your symptoms. So, you know, definitely going to be our number one recommendation. It's the easiest one. It's pretty much free as well, except for, you know, the, the journal that you have to purchase, or you can just use your phone. Um, and then making sure that your hormones are balanced. You know, I'm a big fan of functional labs. I know that you are too, Jess. Like, let's see what imbalances are going on within the body on both a hormone and on a nutrient level. And, you know, seeing what your what your genetics are. What are you, you know, predisposed to? Um, and then, you know, using nutrition and supplementation as your allies and making that custom plan with a practitioner. We don't expect, you know, you to just know all of this and to be able to spend it. I know that a lot of people listening do have full-time jobs. They are parents, whether they're to fur animals or to real humans, like your parents, you have a bunch of stuff going on. So, you know, work with a practitioner who can help make a plan for you as well. Um, Jess and her mom and her sister have an amazing practice. You can come see me. You can see someone local to you. Whoever it is, make sure that they're listening to you. De-stressing, always huge as well. Making sure that you're de-stressing and, you know, through tracking and journaling, you'll be able to see what is going on and what is stressing you out. And then I just added in as the last tip, just fun extras such as like massage and the acupuncture and the, you know, the chiropractic care. Those can be monumental in your healing journey for so many, so many things. Um, so just really giving those, you know, a shot, like I'm a huge body work person. So for me, I found a lot of relief in body work. And so it's definitely something that I do not brush under the rug. I, you know, highly recommend that people give that a shot. Um, and also most of the time, the people who are giving you that therapeutic massage or the acupuncture of the chiropractor are going to be a great part of your healing team as well, because they also practice holistically and they are seeing the body and the mind from like a very, you know, a very bird's eye view of like, just how much impacts the body and how many different things that you can tweak, that you can take out, that you can add in, um, to just feel amazing to thrive because that's what we all deserve at the end of the day. We deserve to wake up and to go throughout our days and to end the day feeling good. So, but not just feeling good, feeling amazing. 
feeling absolutely amazing. So you can get up out of bed. You don't have to take time off of work. Um, you don't want to, you know, punch your partner in the face every single day, (laughs) you know, all of the above. So thank you so much, Jess. Um, we're going to link up your latte blends, your website, your Instagram, all of the, all of the stuff in the show notes so that everyone can go over and find you because you're awesome. And your latte blends are delicious. Like I said, I was having one during the 30 minutes that we're trying to figure out how to start this podcast so (laughs) it was delicious makes me so happy I have a new one coming out for the holidays too soon is it is it a secret I'll tell you because you'll probably put this out when it's almost it's going to be out end of the month it's month it's going to be peppermint cocoa Oh my gosh. I don't even like yes. peppermint in my drinks, but I will definitely be trying that because I don't either. that just makes, I love, <laughs> I, I love it. And I don't even really, I don't like peppermint that much either, but it's very mm. cozy and comforting. It's good. It's cozy. Yeah. Yay. And oh, can I say one more thing? It's very sure. quick, but I just want to encourage you all to exercise your superpower of the word. No, if you just Feel Mm. free to say no when things feel overwhelming and you just can't even, you know, just looking at your calendar. This could even be like a little homework assignment. Every Sunday I do this. I look at my calendar and I look at the week ahead and I ask myself what on here is giving me stress or anxiety and what do I absolutely have to keep on here and what can I reschedule? What can I rain check? What can I move around? Because most people are completely understanding and you don't always have to feel pressured to pick a new date, especially if it's a friend, you know, Hey, I've got a lot going on. I'm dealing with migraines or I just, you know, need some time for myself. It's my period week. Um, let's rain check. And that can remove so much stress and pressure. It's been such a game changer for me and a lot of my clients too. Most of the time people are thinking the same. Thing oh yeah. They're like, Thank you. Well. <laughs> and if anyone ever gives you trouble for that, it's time to say peace out to that friend. Yeah. Peace, <laughs> love think, peace, love my hormone health. Yeah, my hormones. <laughs> And peace out to you. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure to check out our show notes and all the links. Much love. Until next time, peace, love, hormones. Thank you. Hi, love bugs. Thank you so much with all of my heart for tuning in to another Peace, Love, Hormones podcast episode. If you feel inclined to do so, please give us a rating and even leave a comment review would be so helpful or sharing on Instagram or sending me a message, any of the above. I love it all and appreciate every single one of you. And don't forget to use code podcast, all lowercase podcast on your order of Soothe or any of the items available for purchase on the Peace, Love, Hormones website. And also don't forget to sign up for text and email reminders. Much love, Maddie. Oh, 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 oh,